You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more. Welcome to episode 17 of the Hoops Fix podcast with me, your host, Sam Nita, full-time British basketball advocate. Of course, we come on here with the intention of having the best conversations around British basketball, try and get the best guests and we get them to sit down for an hour and talk British hoops. And this week, um, well, I say this week, it was actually last week, uh, I'm trying to do batch recordings, so I sit down a few people, and then we can actually keep to the schedule of trying to get them out every single Monday. So last week, we got a chance to speak to GB guard Ben Mockford. Um, Ben's an interesting one for me, because he grew up uh, very close to the area that I grew up. So I've kind of always followed his career from afar and kind of known roughly what's going on um, before I even had the website uh, because I would hear from people that there was this kid, Ben Mockford, who was legit and he had a shot and, and whatever else. And, you know, here we are now, 10 years later or whatever, and he's a Great Britain senior international uh, playing professionally in Spain um, after a successful college career. Uh, so, yeah, like it, was, it was a really good conversation for me. Ben has always been um, very welcoming with the media, always up for having a conversation, always willing to discuss topics that might be difficult. Um, so I think you will uh, really enjoy. As always, I uh, would love to hear your feedback. Always contactable on my email address, sam at hoopsfix.com, or you can reach me on every single social media platform at hoopsfix. Do let me know what you think. The other thing, as I always say, is if you haven't taken a second, just go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. That would be much appreciated because it will help us reach more people and help this podcast grow. I have goals for listening um, for listeners this, this year that I want to try and hit. So it's really about pushing this and becoming consistent with it and helping it grow, which I will need your help to do. So yeah, anyway, I'll leave it there. I'm rambling on a little bit. Have a listen. Let me know what you think. Here is my conversation with GB guard Ben Mockford. We are privileged uh, to be here with GB guard Ben Mockford. Ben, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. I'm, I'm glad we finally got to do this. Uh, trying to ramp up the podcast game uh, this season and try to get consistent with putting stuff out uh, every week. So I'm lining up a bunch of you guys um, over the next few Mondays to to put out regularly. So. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Um, yeah, 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 definitely. So let's, in fact, before we before we go back into the early, early, early days of the career, let's let's just talk GB this summer. Um, you know, it seems relevant seeing as the qualification campaign has just finished. Uh, you qualified yeah. for, for Eurobasket 2017. Um, you know, first of all, congratulations. How does that feel? And, and how Thank would you. you look back and evaluate um, this year's campaign? Yeah, I mean, it feels great. I mean, obviously, that was uh, what we set out to do, and that was our goal from day one. Um, it wasn't a smooth ride, but, you know, I don't think it it ever is and ever will be. Um, I'm playing with uh, a guy on my team now. He plays for uh, Portugal, and he was telling me that they won all of their games uh leading up to the qualifiers and then ended up not qualifying. So we kind of did the reverse to that where we didn't win a game and then we did it when it counts. But, um, yeah, it was it was a good feeling to uh, qualify. Obviously, there was mixed emotions with that last game because we didn't beat uh, Luxembourg. But, uh, yeah, overall, we, we got the job done and 
yeah, we were, we were happy with that. How, how would you compare um, this year's group and the the whole process with previous years you've been been involved with the team? Um, I just think this year um, everyone was just really buying in. You know, uh, everyone was like they, there was no e there was not that there were egos on the team before, but they were just everyone was about the team. No one was bigger than the team and. You know, like even down to me and some of the guys who didn't play as much. Like normally, obviously, I wanted to play, but I just, you just, we wanted to play for each other, and we just all had the same goal, and we were just, yeah, like I said, we were on the same page, and and it seemed to really, you know, flow, and that helped practice, and even guys on the bench always up cheering, and it was just a good together type of vibe, you know. When I uh, when I came into practice. <clears throat> the one time during the week at the cough box and we spoke briefly, did a little interview. Um, you know, we spoke about how difficult uh, or not, you know, in, in terms of your your mind mentally, it was coming into this where, you know, you're used to obviously contributing a lot on teams um, and having to, to sort of wait your turn and, and sit on the bench a lot more. Like, how was that? What's the thought process um, to make that more manageable, I guess, in your head? Um, I think it's just it's just about being mature about the situation and, and controlling what you can control. You know, back back in the day when I was younger, I would have probably lost my mind <laughs> uh, sitting on the bench. Um, but yeah, it's just like like I said uh, in an interview with you the other week. It's um, coach doesn't want guys who don't want to play. Like he he has no he doesn't get mad if we're like like annoyed that we didn't play you know because he wants guys who want to get on the court but at the same time you can't you can't let that show to the other guys you know you've got to be on the bench um encouraging them and you know and, and stuff like that and and just wait your turn I mean it, it, it's out of my control whether coach puts me on the floor or not but I just have to be ready when my name is called and and that's how you have to look at it I mean you can only control what you can control you know so um, that's just how you have to have your mindset and, and you can't let it bother you. Would you say, um, you know, a lot of people, want to, I spoke a little bit about it with Dan, I've had a few conversations with different people about kind of playing uh, for Great Britain over the summer and the potential help that it can, it can give to your professional career um, in terms of opportunities and putting you on a platform. But on the flip side of that, do you think that actually... You know, this year we're in a we were in a unique situation where so many of the guys, and still a lot of the guys, um, don't have contracts, didn't have contracts. Um, do you think at all that actually going and playing for GB and not getting to play a lot hurt you in any way this year in comparison to previous years? Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But um, a lot of the guys who who didn't play uh, for us this year have jobs already so I'm not really sure yeah. how it if it goes hand in hand you know I think I think um I'm not sure but I think Ovi's team and I'm pretty sure Miles's team said that they pretty much have to go uh to their club team and, and they can't play uh in the qualifiers but um yeah I don't know if it hurts you or not I mean it's exposure um obviously I didn't play much but also, I've been talking to a lot of teams and they were happy that I've been at training camp all summer and going through full practices, even though I didn't play 
um, major minutes. So yeah. um, maybe it hurt me, maybe it didn't. But uh, I think it, to play on your national team is is something that should be respected from all teams. And uh, yeah, it's just whether you get minutes or not is is out of your control. But um, yeah, pretty much that's it. Uh, Did you? I know you played GB under twenties. Did you play any junior national team below that, under eighteen, under sixteens at all? Um, I played under eighteen England's, but it wasn't. I got cut. I never. I played in a Sherborg tournament. Okay. Um, which was like a. I think it was like a trial team to make the England team, but uh, yeah, I got cut after that. Um, Who was the head coach so I then? Did, uh, Tim Lewis. Okay. Um, yeah, so I never, I mean, I did play for England in that tournament, but I'd never actually officially made the final 12. The first time I made a team was two year was a year early. So when I played with, um, on the twenties in 2008. Yeah. Yeah. With Matthew and Ashley and those guys. That team was um, stacked, right? Oh, we were, we had, we had by far the best team and we ended up coming <laughs> did terrible. 13th or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, our team was, yeah, our team was ridiculous. What, 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 why do you think it was that you weren't able to put it together on the floor? I don't know. I mean, it's just that, that seems to be the case a lot. I feel like with, with some of the Great Britain teams, especially when we were younger, um, we had strong teams, but uh, yeah, we could just never get it done. Whether it was the how, the style of how we were playing, or I don't know, but uh, yeah, we we would always struggle. Um, yeah, but I mean, I think that's starting to change now. Seeing that some of the younger, the under twenties now seem to be doing pretty well. Um, but yeah, we would struggle. <laughs> well, what would you now? You know you. <coughs> You've obviously gone through the whole system in terms of, and you, you experienced everything in terms. Of, you know, you grew up in, grew up in England. You've been in the States. You then uh, played in Europe. You've you obviously had a stint in the BBL as well. Um, you've played under twenties. You played senior men. When you look at uh, sort of yeah. GB national teams um, and playing style, how would you compare it or contrast it to uh, Europe? And America. Um, well, I think a big thing on that is the coach and uh, what systems they bring into it. So, like, obviously, um, we had Joe, and he obviously coaches in the NBA. So, I think a lot of our sets and um, our style of play was more geared towards how the NBA game is. Um, since I've been with Joe and I've only played under Joe for uh, the seniors. Yeah. But, um, and as far as the BBL, I mean, I was in the BBL for a little bit. It's, I'd probably say it's more like the American game as far as, uh, um, the way they play because it's quite freelance and not too many sets, uh, quite a bit of just one-on-one and pick and roll. Um, but yeah, I mean, the European style is quite a lot different to that, obviously. Because uh, when, like, even since I've gone from the national team this summer to my to Palma here, um, it's quite it's quite a big difference. You know, you you're back to playing Spanish basketball, and 
uh, a lot of sets and stuff like that. So, what, what um, do you personally prefer to play? Uh, I personally prefer the American style, but the I do like the European style too. I mean, I think I can play both, but um, it just yeah, it also depends on what guys you have on your team too. You know, because uh, like. Obviously, the guys out here that this they this is how they play. Like they only know how to play this way, pretty much. Um, so it's much more comfortable playing the European style with these guys, obviously. Uh, but like on the national team, those guys, majority of those guys have played in the states um, and in Europe. So it's quite flexible as far as that goes. You can kind of switch it up. Um, but yeah, obviously it comes down to the coach and what systems we run and how he wants to play. Now you started playing really young, um, Shoreham Sharks originally, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, so how old were you when you started playing, and what was it? Because you know, I, I feel like one of the recurring things in England is that generally a lot of our players just start playing a lot later than a lot of other countries, just because culturally it's not a thing. Um, but you did yeah. seem to start start quite early. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I started um, probably when I was about six or seven. I first started like going along like once a week uh, to Shoreham Sharks. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I played before that. I was playing a little bit of football, you know, rugby, um, stuff like that. But um, So why basketball? Yeah, I just, took a, I just took a liking to basketball. I mean, my brother started playing. And obviously I would go along each week and play and... It just grew from there, really. Um, it was just fun to me. It was, it was different, you know. Like, like you said, all the kids like grow up playing for stuff like that, and it was just different. And I, I just had fun playing it. Um, but yeah, guys definitely do start much later, and I think it is, it is like you said, the culture. Uh, it's just different culture in England towards uh, basketball other than other sports, which is understandable because we have other main sports, but out here and all thrown into your hand from, you know, when you're really young. So that's kind of what you know and what you want to do. And so then, so you started playing Shoreham, which was a a local team, um, and you started playing for Brighton Bears. Yeah. And that was your first experience of playing National League and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and uh, you know, I so we I'm a little bit older than you, um, but we've got a few mutual friends. And growing up, you know, I I remember when I was at I think it must have been at university, and and I would hear from people, oh, you know, there's this kid Ben Mopford, like he's decent from Brighton and stuff. Um, right. So, w- at what point did it did it become really serious for you when you were like, okay, like you know, this is this is what I want to do. Like I love this, and you spent a lot of time working on your on your game and, and practicing a lot. Um, for me, that was actually quite late. Uh, I would obviously I was playing for Brighton Bears up until up until I went to America. But um, I was I was ser- I was serious, but like you know, like I wasn't. I probably turned like really serious when I was like sixteen because uh, Tom Ward from Brighton. We grew up together and grew up playing together, and he went to America and. Um, when he left to, for America, I was like, yeah, I want to do that too. And, and you know, and like he was like, we would play together all the time. And 
against each other, work out, stuff like that. And then he was all of a sudden gone. And I was kind of left by myself. And I was just getting in the gym like crazy, working out every day. Um, and that's when it really, really started taking off. And then I played uh, National League um, that following year and was, yeah, was just killing, basically. Really? Um, you, yeah. Was playing, so, you only played up to under-18 National League. Did You didn't play any senior National League before you left or anything like that, did you? No, no, no. I left when I just I just turned, I was 17, just turned 18 when I left. So what, um, what sort of numbers, what sort of games were you having in under-18 National League? I was having ridiculous games. I was having 60-point games, 50-point <laughs> uh, games, like regular um, that was like a regular occurrence. Uh, I've got some, I think I've got some film, but I've always wanted to know like the stats from those games, yeah. like how many shots I took or what, because I must have, I mean, I do remember it, but I must have just literally like just ran down and shot nearly every time. <laughs> the, the coach <laughs> so just give you I'm a full sure green light. On, yeah, it was more than the green light. I had this, um, but I'm sure I wasn't the the best teammate to play with when I was getting 60 points. But um, I do remember I was I would kill, though. But, uh, yeah, it feels like forever ago now. And then you went to the States and you went to Oak Hill Academy, which, you know, if you don't know, it's one of the most prestigious uh, sort of basketball programs in, in the US. Like, how did that come about? Cause is it, and do you know, there's not any other English kids that have been to Oak Hill, is there, that I can remember? No, no, I think I'm the first, yeah. I think I'm the only English guy to ever go to Oak Hill, yeah. So how, how, did, that, how did that happen? Well, um, I was, obviously I was playing really well in, uh, in England, like having crazy games and um, we put like a little DVD together because at the time I really had no contacts in America. Um, so we put a little DVD together and sent it out to a few high schools and prep schools. Um, we actually went on Max Preps, which is like, I don't know if there yeah. is still Max Preps, but yeah. um, we went on that and looked at some of the big high schools and just thought, you know, why not send this send this uh, DVD out and stuff. And um, we sent one to Oak Hill and the next day, uh, Coach Smith called me and uh, offered me a place to go there. So it actually happened wow. like it was crazy, really. It just happened real quickly. And um, yeah, that's how it came about. It was really random. But uh, yeah, he offered me a place to go there. And yeah, I accepted right away, obviously. And that was it, really. So <coughs> and then make, it so- make it sound so easy. <laughs> yeah, right. It's- it it worked out pretty easy. I mean, I don't know. None of the other schools got back to me. Um, that was the only school who got back to me. So, uh, yeah, and it just happened to be Oak Hill. So, kind did, of worked did out you personally. know at that point the the prestigiousness of Oak Hill, or did you just think, oh, it's just you know, it's an American high school. That's where you want to go. That's where you're going to go. Well, when we were uh, researching like high schools and stuff. Um, Obviously, I clicked on a few of them, but I didn't. I didn't know how big it was until I got there. Um, yeah, I knew it was big, but I, yeah, until I got there, I, then I really knew like it was big time. And some of the guys, well, a lot of the guys who had gone there in the past, like 
Um, because obviously, obviously you hear about Carmelo who went there, but there, there's so many guys who went there. How how many um, guys are like who sent to the NBA? Oh, I don't. I think it's maybe like, over over fifty. I yeah, think. Yeah, something crazy, right? Um, it, yeah, it's it's nuts. Is it? Um, I, I don't know whether I got this in my head from somewhere or, or, or like where I got it from, but is it right that Oak Hill was just in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, yeah, it's in the it's in the Blue Ridge Mountains in uh, Virginia. So I would fly into Charlotte in North Carolina because that was the uh, closest airport. And then it was like a three-hour ride uh, through the mountains, like up and down, like round, like. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, you're just driving. There's just trees, mountains, and then you just see this a sign for Oak Hill, and you turn in, and then there's the school right there. Um, What's the population of the school? Like, how many people go to the school? There was a hundred when I was there. There was a hundred and eleven students, wow. and ten of those were the basketball team. So. Um, so who, it was, who decided quite, to make it? Was it was a different experience. So who decided to make it a basketball program? Like, what? Uh, do you know the history of it? I, I've read a little bit about the history. I think it was. I'm not sure if. I don't think it was Coach Smith back then, but it may have been. Um, they brought like a bunch of. They gave a bunch of New York kids um, scholarships, and. Um, and I think that's when it just it just went from there. Like they recruited like some of the best New York kids. They ended up going there and having a big year. And then I think it just kept going like that. And now they get the best players, uh, the best high school players, pretty much every year. That's crazy, and and I guess that part of the allure of it being in the middle of nowhere is that all you can do is focus on your game. There's no going out and partying and getting into trouble or whatever else. It's just... Oh, yeah, no, no. The school is really strict. So um, there's a boys' dorm and a girls' dorm. And then the basketball team, we stayed in, like, a house with uh, the assistant coach. And um, there's, like, a line across campus where, like, boys can't cross, girls can't cross. Yeah, <laughs> oh, really? It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty extreme. I mean, the basketball team get a little bit of leeway. Um you know, because a lot, the, mainly the the students that go there are like are like troubled students, so they're having trouble with at their public high school, and um, they go to the private school, which is Oak Hill. Um, so they're they're basically put there to get put in order, basically, yeah. and get back on track and uh, get a high school diploma. So, so you went there. Did you go there just for your senior year, or was it your junior year? You Ended up in uh, for my senior year, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I went for my senior year. Uh, so seven, seventeen, yeah. seventeen, eighteen years old. You know, you've been chasing this dream to go out to the states. You finally get there. What What were your first impressions? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was just knowing I was going was crazy. I couldn't sleep like for weeks. <laughs> but um, yeah, when I got there, it was. Obviously, it was. I'd done a little bit of research. I knew it was in the middle of nowhere, but um, yeah, it was crazy when I got there. You know, uh, just meeting the team and we played right away. We scrimmaged and um, yeah, it was nuts. When when the game started and I had no idea how big and how the re- how well their reputation is and yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. And of course, you were teammates with Brandon Jennings, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So he was our point guard. So yeah, so that's you know an example of the level uh, that you were playing with. So you, you know you've gone from dropping fifty, sixty a game in in Brighton uh, in, in Brighton for National League, and then you know you're there and and you're now teammates with Brandon Jennings. Like, what was your you know your thought on the actual general level of the players? Like when you got out that first practice or the first scrimmage that you took part in, did you feel like this is a lot better than I, I was thought out it would of my be? Depth, pretty really? much. <laughs> really. Yeah, I, I mean, when I first got there, we um, that night we scrimmaged and because Owl Killer they play all the time. Like we would sometimes we'd go, well, a lot of times we go work out in the morning, and I get there, I get there at six in the morning, and Brandon's already and some of the guys already shooting at five thirty, and you can't even get on the court in the morning when it's still dark out. So um, we were scrimmaging all the time, but the first. The first scrimmage, I remember, um, yeah, I was just, it was just, I was out of my depth, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't played at any, I mean, National League is okay, but it's, it's nothing compared to what I was going into. I wasn't just going to a regular high school with regular American, like, high school players. It was the best in the country, pretty much, Um, and these guys are ready to go to the NBA in, like, two years, so, um, (laughs) I remember I, I like threw like uh, was, I was like half court and I threw like the worst alley oop in the world from like half court and this we had a guy called Willie Warren and he's like six four like jumps out of the gym and he just like caught it from like outside the key and just dunked it and like everyone started going crazy and I'm thinking like I just threw like the worst pass <laughs> ever and he just came out of nowhere and caught it and just dunked it everyone went nuts but. <laughs> Yeah, it was good. I mean, it took a lot of adjusting to, but uh, I got there in the end. But yeah, it was a big shock at first. Was there any part of you that felt like what's your mentality when you go in situations like that? You know, if the first impression is that you feel out of depth, are you there thinking, you know, this is a step too far? I need to go home, or is this? Is, or are you thinking, do you know what? Actually, I just need to work on my game. I need to get better and and make this work. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I got there. Um, cause I went there as a point guard, um, cause obviously in national league and, f- uh, for great, for great Britain and that I played point guard mainly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going up against Brandon every day and, uh, at first he was killing me like, and he was talking shit. Like he was, <laughs> you know, like, and I, I'm not used to this, you know, like I'm used to like, National League, if you fall over, someone will help you up, you know, like, everyone, like, they foul you hard, they'll say sorry, you know, like, this was not like that, you know, um, so he's just killing me, talking shit, like, telling me why am I here, stuff like that, you know, like, <laughs> and he he wasn't doing it to be mean, you know, this is just how these guys are and, and how it is, and, um, yeah, there were some nights I would leave the gym, like, my eyes were watering, like, I was so angry, like, I was like, F Brandon, whatever, you know, like, um, but he actually was, was my closest friend on the team, so, um, but I guess he was just doing that to make me better, and uh, that's what they do, they go they go at each other, so, um, I mean, I was a I was aggressive scorer, player before that, but... That just it just turns me to turn me to another level, and um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess it depends on the person. Like, you could either shy away from it or try and get in the gym and, and go at it, and that's what I did. And 
and a couple months into it I was holding my own you know and being able to talk a little smack back to him so um, yeah that's how it went yeah so <clears throat> I remember the, the first time I um, experienced I saw uh, high school basketball when I went out to City of Palms Classic with Barkin Abbey and they had, right. a, they had a couple of prep games and um, it was against Elevate Academy Gannon Bakers Academy in Florida and and I just remember the level of intensity from the Americans. Yeah. And talent-wise, they weren't they weren't better than Barking Abbey, um, but just the level of intensity and just never taking a playoff and really yeah. just trying to crush you. Like absolutely, I'm not going to let up. And the moment they do let up, the coach subs them. The next guy comes in and he's ready to do exactly the same thing. It's just so oh, yeah. dog eat dog. Yeah. Um, blows my mind and then you know in England it's just it's a different world isn't it because you when you're yeah, when you're good I think yeah I think in America I just feel like like the even like the NBA guys and I mean this is a bit of a stereotype but those guys they're just ruthless you know like they just they really don't care about not in a bad way but they don't care about your feelings like, they'll come down, they'll elbow you, and then they'll go for a drink with you after practice, you know? Like, it's just, when it comes to game time and on the court, they're just ruthless and friends, you know, you're just not friends on the court, you know? And I think that mentality just, especially, because obviously I played in New York, so it's even more so there. And it's just, it really is dog-eat-dog. Like, um, and if you're not, and if you're not ready to take it, then you'll just be pushed to the side pretty much. And whereas, like, I would say in England or, I mean, I guess I was younger in England, so it's different. You can't treat kids the same way as adults, but you kind of, people like comfort you and and stuff like that and, and try to make you feel better. Whereas out there, it's just, you got to do it. Like, you're on your own, you know, it's, Everyone, every man's for himself, you know. Yeah, would you say that that, um, that kind of mentality is one of the biggest things that that you've taken away uh, from from the states? Because I I would say that you know with GB especially um, in the qualifiers in against uh, you know Bosnia and Iceland. When was that? 2014, 2015? Yeah, 2015? yeah, yeah. Um, the thing that you seemed to bring every time you came off the bench was just that energy and the hunger and the chasing for the loose balls and going after people. And, you know, I did that, I did that vine last year against of uh, you in the lineups against New Zealand where you're, they're doing, <laughs> they're doing the hacker and you're just there staring yeah. and nodding your head like you're ready, you're ready to do this. Um, yeah. Would you say that, that, was, that was the biggest thing that you, you took away from, from the American experience? Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean... Um... Like I said, I played in New York, so it's anyone who know who's played in New York knows it's it's a little different, you know. It's quite grimy. It's it's tough basketball and a lot of shit talking, a lot of you know, a lot of fighting behind closed doors, you know. And it, it's just tough because those those kids grow up like most of my teammates uh, at St. Francis are from like the worst areas in New York, so they really come from nothing you know and um they really want to make it you know and and they're willing to do what it, whatever they can to make it so 
um, I think that's where their mentality comes from because um, they don't they want to get out of their life pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I know it sounds kind of corny and, you know, a lot of people say it, but I've seen where those guys are from and I've been to their, like, tiny little two-bedroom, like, apartments for their whole family, like, stuff like that. It's just, um, you can see where that hunger and that fuel comes from. And um, I think it's just a culture in New York too. Like, obviously, there's a lot of outdoor basketball, like, with the Dykeman and uh, West Forth and um, stuff like that and Rucker Park. So it just it's just that tough mentality. But I think that's all over America, but more so and in somewhere like New York. Yeah. Did the, did uh, when you were in New York, did you get a chance to did you play a lot on any of the outdoor courts and go at people uh, there, or was it were you more? Yeah, yeah. Or? In the in the summer, I played in um, a bunch of those tournaments. Uh, but obviously, I'd come back and play with GB. So um, they're going on where in the summer when I come back. But yeah. I'd play like the first couple games. I would play. Um, yeah, and that's fun. You know, you got the guy on the mic, like guys going at each other. It's pretty. It's pretty much. It's just one on one. You know, um, you can't play help defense. Like it's a rule that you're not allowed to play help. Oh really? Um, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. But but it's fun, you know, and. And and it's tough, you know. Some of those guys are like you got like elite guys playing, and then but they're just they're working regular jobs, you know. Like yeah. they're they're just going to play, and then when the week starts, they they have to go back to their nine to five. But the guys can really hope, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, um, how, you're so you're at Oak, Oak Hill Academy. Like, how how did that do? How did that how did that go as a team? Like, did you guys do well? Um, what was your what was your season win loss record, and how did it go for you individually? Um, yeah, it was. We had a good year. I mean, obviously, Oak Hill every year they want to win the national championship. Um, we didn't that year. We were second in the nation um, with a record of, I think it was thirty five and four, um, which four losses for Oak Hill is quite a lot. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they normally only lose like maybe one, maybe none or two. But um yeah, we were actually we were actually supposed to play against American Christian, um, which was Tyreek Evans' team at the time, because everyone wanted to and they were uh I think they were national champions that year. Um I think. But uh they wouldn't play us for some reason, but everyone wanted to see the matchup between Brandon and Tyreek and yeah. I think if we if they'd played us and we'd won that game I think we would have been national champions um but it may have been St. Ants that year I, I can't remember but I know we were number two in the nation and did, um, you, did we, you obviously were you playing behind Brandon on that team well I started because Brandon played like 30 there's only 30 um two minutes in a high school game yeah so he played pretty much 30 minutes yeah uh, so um, I actually moved to the two because Willie Warren was the two. Willie Warren is he went to uh, Oklahoma, played a little bit in the NBA. I think he plays in Turkey now, and uh, he was a beast. He was one of the toughest players I've ever played against. Um, and he actually left uh, like after about two months. So I ended up playing the two uh, alongside Brandon. 
and then I started getting recruited as a two for college and stuff like that and uh, that's how I kind of became a two because obviously like I said I was a point guard before that mm. um, so yeah Brandon kind of screwed me over because I wanted to play the one but <laughs> he was the number one player in the country at the time so yeah. uh, I can't really argue with that you know so and um, so, so how did you what sort of numbers were you putting up at Oak Hill um, I, to be honest I can't even remember but I think it was only maybe like seven eight points yeah um a game but because brandon was averaging like 35 yeah averaging. yeah so and obviously we had other like we had big men who were like averaging like 15 like yeah um so yeah it was tough but um i did i mean i did for where i came from i had a good year you know uh i had some division one offers straight out of oak hill um, but I felt like I wasn't ready. That's why I did a uh, yeah, a prep year. Yeah. Um, so where's that? Yeah, hey, where is Apex? Apex is in uh, Cherry Hill. It's just outside of Philly, in in New Jersey. But it's just literally over the bridge from uh, from Philly. Okay. Um, and so your year at Apex, you averaged like thirty and six. Yeah, yeah. I was that was I was killing that year. I I, I kind of you know. Oak Hill helped me, um, but I kind of started feeling real more comfortable uh, kind of that summer after Oak Hill. Um, and, yeah, I had a big year at, uh, at prep school. I mean, the defense isn't the greatest in prep school, but I did what I had to do, and, and I got my – I ended up signing with Iona. Um, who, who, yeah. Who, what was the – I'm fascinated by the recruiting process. Um Probably because it was a dream that I never got to live out when I was younger. Um, but I, <laughs> right. I love asking players, uh, kind of, you know, what was that like? You know, how many, you know, my reference point is always he got game or, uh, you know, like <laughs> yeah. all the movies. Like, you know, you're getting letters, you're getting coaches harassing you. You know, who was talking to you? What was happening? What were they offering you? Like, you know, how, how was that for you? Yeah, yeah, it was good. I mean, it, again, this was all pretty fresh to me you know I'd only been in America one year so um uh when I started getting letters you know it, it makes you feel good about yourself they they pump you up a little bit you know like uh feed you like you know we you're amazing blah 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 yeah. send you handwritten letters um stuff like that and and it, it's good at, at the start it's quite overwhelming but you know like once you keep getting the same like you realise that the coaches are pretty much all saying the same thing to you. It's like, <laughs> all right, I get the point, like you know. Um, but yeah, the the recruiting uh, process is fun. You know, I went, um, I went on. I only went on two official visits. I went. Uh, you're allowed five, yeah. and I only went on two. One to Iona, one to LaSalle, which is in Philly. Um, and, and what, yeah, what it happens was on fun. the visits? Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you about my Iona one. Um, basically, they come pick you up. You go there. They put you in the best hotel. Oh, you know, feed you the best food. I remember I got into my hotel room in uh, up by Iona in New Orleans on the bed. Uh, T-shirts hanging off the the like the lights everywhere like gear there was just gear everywhere food everywhere like 
Um, and then on my pillow, there was like a, they'd put like a, a stat sheet and they'd like edited my name into it, like saying like playing 30 minutes a game, 30 points, like, you know, like yeah. little stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was, um, so yeah, they take you out to eat and stuff like that and you go watch a game and they tell the students that you're coming to the school and like everyone's like saying your name, like when you're walking around, stuff like that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's, uh, it's obviously a bit of a like show they put on, you know, cause, uh, it's not reality. Like when you go there, it's nothing like your official visit, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the guys take you out, you know, like stuff like that. But yeah, it was a fun time. It was a fun experience. So you went to, yeah, you, so you started to go to Iona, you went there, um, for a year, uh, you got so this was around. This was around the time I started following um, kind of Brits abroad. I think because uh, you were getting right. limited minutes that year, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I was playing. I was playing behind uh, a senior shooting guard. Um, so that was always tough, you know. When you come into college, not a lot of people play a lot of minutes right away, and uh, especially when you've got a senior in your position, um, who, who's pre- who was pretty good. So, um, but I probably, that was probably one of the hardest years I'd worked off the court. I mean, I mean, out of playing like by myself that I've ever done, I think. Really? Um, cause I was so motivated to play and I wanted to play and, uh, yeah, yeah. I worked hard that year. Like I would, we would play a game and, I'd only play like five minutes. I I wouldn't even go. Well, I'd go to the locker room and coach would talk, and then I'd I'd stay in my game uniform and just go right out and go work out for like hour hour and a half. All the fans are leaving the gym. You know, it was quite it was almost quite embarrassing at some points because you know I felt like a bum. You know, but I knew I wanted to play and I knew that's what I had to do to play. So, yeah. Um, so did you, yeah. Did you have twenty four seven gym access there? Yeah, yeah, we could get in whenever we had uh, our security at Iona was. They were cool, you know. They, um, we, I'd get to the gates of the front. They'd drive me up to the gym, open it whenever, turn the lights on. Uh, yeah, I could get in there literally any time. I, rem- I remember one time we flew back from a game from somewhere, and it was like one in the morning. And I just I went right into the gym um, after that trip because I didn't, I hadn't played that game, so. Yeah, they they were cool, and that's like that at most schools, to be honest. And that was the same at St. Francis. They'd uh, they'd always open it up and put the lights on. Yeah, it just seems it just seems such a foreign concept uh, because that's just you know so far from what what happens in England. Um, yeah, I know. yeah, it's just it's amazing, amazing. You need yeah. someone. You need someone in England. You need someone like supervising you, like. Yeah, all stuff like that. But they they know like you talk to them, you're you're cool with them. And they know you just you just want to get better, and you're just in the gym to shoot, you know, and work on your game. And they they understand it, and they they realize how important it is to the school. Um, so you know they're kind of they're kind of cool about it every time, really. How how did you find uh, balancing studies and and basketball? Um, it was difficult. I mean, um, because we pra- obviously we practice every day and uh, travel quite a lot. And but you know the teachers are quite understanding of that. 
I mean, some aren't, um, and they give you a, a bit of a hard time, but majority of them are quite lenient. Uh, they'll help you out when you need to, give you a little bit of extra tuition and um, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's difficult, but you you kind of get it done. You kind of ha- you have to get it done really, otherwise you can't play. So, um, but yeah, it is quite. It does take up quite a lot of time, and uh, you really don't have much free time. <clears throat> so, after that year, head coach left for a job at Seton Hall. Is that right? Yeah, and then Willard, yeah, yeah, and then that was, and so you decided to transfer. Yeah, I mean, uh, a new coach came in, um, Coach Close, and um, he w- he had already started recruiting guys. Uh, his own guys to come in and play because we had a uh, we had, I think we had quite a few seniors leaving that year and um, so I just decided to look around you know like uh, just at the option of leaving um, that wasn't like he came in and I wasn't I wasn't thinking like all right I'm gonna leave uh, I was just gonna I was just gonna look around and I think word got back to him that I was looking around and I, I guess he felt some type of way about that I don't know but. Um, and then I was going to go to Seton Hall, um, but I just played not many minutes my freshman year, and Seton Hall is a, a jump up from um, Iona is into the Big East. So I was like, it might not be the greatest move. Um, so then I, uh, I was looking around, and I went down to St. Francis, worked out a couple times, and uh, they offered me, and I just they had a senior shooting guard who was playing like 30 minutes a game, um, so he was gonna he was gonna be a senior the year I sat out. So the coach was telling me I'll come in and play, basically take his spot right away. So at the time it just seemed like the right move, and it ended up being the right move. So you, it kind of worked out. It, it must be a hard decision to make, knowing that you're you're opting into having to sit out for a year, though. Yeah, it was, but um, yeah, it de- definitely was, but. I mean, that's obviously, that's the rules in the NCAA, and I just looked at it um, like a year to, uh, obviously, I played one year of college basketball, so I just looked at it as, all right, this is a year to to sit out, to get stronger, to get better. I practice, I practice every practice, I just didn't play the games. Yeah. Um, so it's basically just a year to get better, to sit on the sideline, and I had a good uh, shooting guard, like one of the top players in our conference. Um, so I, I watched him, I watched what he, he was doing to be successful in, in our league. And um, it actually it actually helped me. I got stronger that year, got bigger. And uh, yeah, actually, it actually probably helped me more than if I went in and played right away. And so then when you um, did finally get back into games uh, next year, you had a pretty good season, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, that was my sophomore year. I had a, a decent year, yeah. Um, uh, I was starting, playing a lot of minutes. Um, I was feeling good about myself. Um, yeah, we, our team, we didn't have a great year, but individually I had a, a pretty solid year for, for a sophomore, yeah. And then, did you, were you surprised at all, uh, by your production in college or did you always know that you you would be able to put up numbers that you did um no I think I mean I'd worked hard you know I've um 
and anyone who knows me knows I work hard and, and I'm confident in, in myself. Um, so I think, yeah, no, I, I wasn't surprised. I mean, I knew I could do it. It was just about going out and doing it. I still think I could have probably put up bigger numbers. Um, but that's how it turned out. And, uh, I shot the ball pretty well. I mean, I was top 25 in the country most years, top 20. Um, as far as shooting the ball and, and three points a game and stuff like that, um, but yeah, I feel yeah, I felt good. I mean, I to be honest, I feel like I can put, put, put up those type of numbers wherever I go. Uh, what I mean, at any level I play, uh, and that may that may sound a little ar- cocky and arrogant, but I just feel like I can. I feel like the the biggest. Um, the biggest opponent is myself as far as when I play basketball, you know. Um, so, yeah. Well, where do you think um, that confidence uh, comes from? I remember <clears throat> I remember speaking to Ian Berry um, back in the day and, and he used to always just say about you that, like, no matter what kind of game you were having, you always thought that the next shot was going to be going in. You always knew that, you know, you had the potential to, to blow up at any, po- at any point. Um, like, where do you think that came from? Um, I don't, I mean, obviously I had the, the big year in England when I, I was killing, but probably just when I, when I first went to Oak Hill and, and playing with those guys and playing with Brandon, it's just, they, they almost gave me confidence because I saw how they operated and, and they worked so hard off the court that they knew, uh, like it's just destined to happen. It's just, you don't know when, but. Um, I think I just got it from there. And I, I played in so many different places against so many different players, uh, and in tough environments too. You know, um, I remember going into one gym in North Carolina, in like in like a rough part of North Carolina, and I was I was the only white guy in the gym. Like the crowd were like saying like crazy stuff to me, like you don't belong here, blah blah blah. And I remember having a good game, and I just, I probably, that was probably one of the games I got the most confidence from because I just, I like when, when you're like doubted, you know, when, when it's against you. And um, I got a lot of confidence from that game and just that year at Oak Hill, even though I didn't put up huge numbers, um, just from the places I played, just gave me confidence. Um, yeah, pretty much. When you um, look back on your college career now, what would you say uh, is the most memorable moment? Um, as far as individually, I would say um, when we had the Battle of Brooklyn uh, playing against LIU, which is uh, Carl Johnson's old school. Yeah. Um, we It's the Battle of Brooklyn every year. So when we play LIU home and away, it's like back to back and and you get the subway to the school, or you walk to the school, because we're only like two blocks away from each other. Um, and uh, we played them at our place, and um, I think it was my senior year, and my sophomore and junior year, we lost twice to them. So I'd lost four times to them, I'd never beaten them, and we played them at home, and our gym was packed, and our gym is quite small, but it, it's... It's real, it's quite rowdy, you know, like it's a lot of Brooklyn kids in there, like, you know, like really getting into the game and it's quite a hostile environment to play in. So 
Um, and I had, we won and I had like, I had 30 points and yeah, that was probably one of my, uh, best moments as far as my college career. But, um, also I had other good memories when we beat, we beat Miami. Um, we nearly beat Syracuse at Syracuse, which is probably the biggest, um, one of the biggest games ever that we could have won. Uh, but we didn't, unfortunately, but it was still pretty crazy. And there was a lot of buzz after that game, even though we lost. Um, but yeah, I'd have to say the LIU game at, at our place. Do you, do you still, um, are you still in touch with guys from, <clears throat> guys from college? Like, do you go back there at all? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I went back uh, this summer actually, and um, I played with those guys. And yeah, I talked to all—not all of them. I mean, I talked to most of them here and there. Obviously, I've got a few of closer friends. Um, but yeah, I mean, I keep, we keep in touch, and uh, it's hard to see each see each other, you know. But like I said, I went up there this summer and I played, saw coach, and um, it's always fun, you know, going back and playing with those guys because. Uh, it's been it's been a while and everyone's game changes and you know people are playing elsewhere some guys are just working regular jobs you know yeah. um, but it's always fun to go back and play but i in touch with most of my teammates i mean i still um still talk to guys from oak hill still talk to brandon um some of the guys from my prep school my prep school was a little uh it was quite rough so <laughs> i don't speak to most of those guys um but yeah, even guys at Iona, I was only there for a year, but like uh, some of those guys, Scott Machado, I took here and there. Um, yeah, I try and stay in touch as much as I can. So then when you, uh, your college career came to an end and the, you know it was time to uh, turn pro, yeah. can you talk about kind of uh, what the process was like from the moment, the moment that you finished college um, you know, signing with an agent, like how did you, how did that happen? Kind of what happened over the summer, and then you know you ultimately ended up signing in Spain with Caceres, right? Yeah, um, Catheras, yeah. Catheras. <laughs> yeah, I did, I was saying it that way too when I first signed <laughs> with them. I was saying it the way you were saying it. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So yeah, can you talk a little bit about kind of that that whole process? Yeah, I mean, I actually remember my last college game was probably the worst experience. I remember, I literally remember looking at the clock and it like, from one second to zero seconds, like I swear went in slow motion because I was like, ah, it's over, you know. Um, and yeah, we lost to Mount St. Mary's and they they had six guys on the court. But that, yeah, that was crazy. I'm going off track a little bit. But <laughs> Haven't they yeah, they, yet? They, they pressed us and uh, they had six guys because the way this team plays is they're wild. They press the whole game and the guys are just running around and they actually, we were up and they had six guys on the court. There was a timeout or that we called a timeout to run, to set up a press break, a new, a different type of one. Yeah. And, uh, they came out with six guys, but guys are all over the floor. So like no one really, Notice. Like you can't tell. Like they weren't matched up with anyone. Like yeah. they got a still. They got a layup, and then there was another timeout. So it was like ten seconds on the court on the on the floor. They they had six guys, and the sixth guy got the still and the layup, and wow. we didn't notice until like 
a day after they watched the film and they were like, there's six guys, there were, there's six guys on the floor. <laughs> and yet, but there was nothing we could do about it. Yeah. So that's how my college career ended. Yeah, we were wow. winning. And yeah, but anyway, <laughs> I'm still a bit salty about that. But uh, yeah, so, um, so I was, obviously I was talking to agents. Um, you know, they contact you from, they, they're not supposed to, but it happens, you know. Uh, they contact you before the end of your senior year. Um, they follow you most of your college career and especially if you've played like under 20s European championships they they follow you pretty much from there on out yeah. Um, but yeah I was just talking to a bunch of agents and um, I ended up signing with at the time it was FCM um, first class management but they are now Octagon okay so you're um, still with them no no I changed agencies um, oh really yeah, I was I was with them, but they're, they're quite a big-time agency. You know, I'd, I was playing in Catherine's, and um, they've got a lot of big-time players, um, NBA guys, EuroLeague guys. So I just felt like it was time to go with a slightly smaller agent um, and uh, that, that might promote me a little more and, and work a little – not that they didn't work hard, for me but I just they just had so many guys and yeah. guys making big time contracts that I felt like you know all right maybe they haven't they're not going to put the most time into me because I'm not going to be making the contracts those guys are making you know yeah. so um so yeah I just decided to have a change uh last Christmas and um and yeah I signed with HMS okay so so yeah, so sorry, going back to, so you signed <coughs> with FCM at the time as they were known. Um, yeah. And then what kind of offers were you looking at? Like what was going through your mind in terms of professional career, professional options? Well, I wasn't really too familiar with many leagues out in Europe, to be honest, um, even though I'm from England. But uh yeah, I wasn't too familiar with, obviously I knew about ACB, I knew about EuroLeague, but as far as like other countries, I wasn't really sure. I just, I just knew that I kind of wanted to play in Spain just because apart from America, it's, it's the second best country in the world for basketball. And I know that it's, it's big over here and the culture is, is big over here and it's a different way of playing. And, um, so I really wanted to play in Spain. Um, and yeah, Catherine's, uh offered me while I was at GB that year with the qualifiers and uh, I ended up signing. But um, yeah, I really had no idea where I was going to was gonna play, but I really targeted uh, Spain and that's what my agent did as well. So then when you, uh, so, then, so then you did GB, you finished GB and then that's when you, you headed to Spain? Yeah, one? yeah, I headed, yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much right after that. I think I had a couple of days at home, and then I went right out. And how did you find the transition to the pros from college? Um, yeah, it was good. I mean, um, it's it's different, you know. I, I'd been playing American basketball for six, seven years, so it was quite, um, it was quite different, you know, Um Although I'd played with my with Great Britain and that, it's still when we play with Great Britain, it's still not like 
quite like a authentic like European feel, you know, like a yeah. lot of those guys playing in America, like I said. So, um, but it was good, you know. It was, it was, uh, it was a little different. But I, I think the biggest thing I noticed was just how consistent guys were um, at what they do, you know. Uh, they, it's not necessarily that it was like a jump as far as wow these guys are like amazing shooters or amazing dribblers or you know stuff like that it was just the the day in day out consistency of how they played um, was probably the biggest thing I noticed uh, right away and how together they played um, as far as like extra passes and getting the right shot down the floor most times like, or, or every time and uh, and stuff like that. Did you find all of a sudden you had a lot more free time on your hands? Because, you know, at college you're, you're juggling studies and, and basketball and you turn pro and it's like, well, all you have is basketball. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely it definitely is different. Um, but, I mean, most days are two-a-day practices, so um, you kind of just come back to the apartment, just chill, you know, watch a movie, watch TV, whatever, and then, and then you're ready to go again before you know it, so... Um, but yeah, you do have more free time. But I mean, for me, it wasn't it wasn't too much of a difference. Um, although I didn't have much free time at St. Francis, but um, I just think out here everything's quite everything's quite later too. Like in Spain, they don't wake up like until like late late-ish, and yeah. like everything's kind of pushed back. So. It was, it's it's quite relaxed out here, and I've gotten used to it a little bit, which I like sometimes. But sometimes, like there's like siesta in the middle of the day, and like everyone's sleeping, and I'm like wide awake, and I don't know what to do, you know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's alright, it's cool. So you ended up leaving. Um, you played what eight nine games? Uh, yeah, I think it was nine games. Yeah. Um, before leaving, what 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 made that happen? Like, why was it that you left? I was I basically was going through a tough time off the court, and um, it was messing with me. Basically, when I was playing, I, I actually was playing really well, and um, and then I had ended up having some problems back in America, and um, it kind of just messed me up, and my whole focus was gone, and I actually left. I didn't leave on bad terms with Catheridge, you know, they they were obviously upset and they didn't want me to leave because I was one of the main players, but they understood and they gave me like a week and I went uh, to America to try and handle some things and um, and then I came back after that and my head just wasn't in it, you know, um, I was still working hard, but I just mentally wasn't there at the time and and... I wasn't myself um, and it was a rough time and and then we ended up we just said that you know like uh, I, I basically wasn't going to play again um, that season uh, and then um, so I went home and just tried to say you know sort things out and get myself together and, and stuff like that and, um, and then I ended up signing with Plymouth um, they approached me, and I just, you know, I just thought it it might be a a good idea instead of um, instead of you know just 
sitting around trying to sort out things. I thought it might take my mind off things, but it didn't really. But uh, yeah, it was a rough time for me. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, um, what was your experience with Plymouth in the BBL? Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't really myself when I was there, you know, like I said, I was still going through a lot of things, so I wasn't as focused as I should have been, um, which was not professional on, on my behalf, um, but yeah, it was a different experience, um, <laughs> Uh, for me, it wasn't the best. Um, some guys may like it, but uh, for me, being uh, in that organization down there was—I uh, didn't have a great experience. No, um, I admit that I wasn't very professional at times, and uh, you know, I—I'm I, the first to admit that. And I was going through some things, and. Um, I told them this before I went down there. Um, and yeah, I just wasn't really myself, but some other things that, you know, that went on were just uh, beyond me. But Can you, yeah, can you give us an example went. of stuff that happened that you think uh, that you look back on? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I mean they, they already bad-mouthed me a little bit in the press, you know, for, for no reason. I don't know why, but... Um, yeah, nothing really I want to get into too much, you know. Um, just, I wish I could get into it, but I just feel like I shouldn't, you know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, something, you know, like, like do one, one instance, like, the, the we had a, this wasn't to do with me, but we had a player, um, Jordan Clark, and he was like, he, he hustled, you know, he, that was like part of his game. He was like a, undersized four man maybe sometimes even played the five but he, his game was like hustle you know and uh he he dove on the floor for like a loose ball or something and um and uh i think he hurt like his hip or something and uh the owner actually said to him like if you dive on the floor again then uh we won't pay you <laughs> so basically told him not to dive for loose balls and like wow <laughs> and he looked at him like uh like that's yeah. basketball like that's part of the game you know like if anything like a coach would be happy he did that you know yeah um but yeah it was yeah that that's just one little example i mean there was a lot of other stuff but i mean that's the past and i don't want to get involved in that again and some i don't want them to start bickering or whatever you yeah, know yeah. it's just that's the past, and I'm, and it's gonna stay in the past, and that's it, you know. Fair enough. Um, so you had your stint in Plymouth, uh, and then you ended up returning back to Spain with Catheris. Yeah. Which was um, this was last season, wasn't it? Yeah, it was last season. Yeah, yeah, last season. Yeah, I had a, I actually had a two year deal with them. Um, so uh, it was if we won, they ended up winning. Uh, Leb Plata. Um, so the deal was if we won that league, then I would sign back with them. But obviously when I left, the contract was over, but I'd spoken to them. I, I actually flew out there and I, I watched their their final game of the season. 
and um, they welcomed me, they put me in a nice hotel, you know, the crowd gave me a standing ovation, because like I said, I didn't leave on bad terms with them yeah. um, at all, it was, it was, you know, they everyone wanted me to stay, like when I left, like fans, everybody saying come back, and and it was a, it wasn't a, it was a good feeling, and so I went to the last game, and and then that's when I, and yeah, we're off for the best. Um, we just we lost you a little bit there towards the end. I think the signal was back now. Can you hear me clearly? Oh, yeah, yeah. Our, our signal is. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yeah, we lost you a little bit towards the end of the conversation. Um, but you essentially said right. you you left right. on you right. left on good terms and uh, and so you returned there for last season. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Um, we've got you now. Okay. I think it's I think it's kicked back in. Uh, sorry about that. Um, so what what is it that you what is it that you you like about Spain? Um, you know when you talk about culture, living experience. Have you have you um, got a chance to learn the language at all? Uh, get integrated a little bit with locals and stuff. Um, a little bit, to be honest. I haven't made too much of an effort to learn the language, which I should be. I should be using this opportunity to uh, be speaking Spanish, but um, I don't know. Uh, I understand more than what I can speak. Um, but yeah, I just think, like like you said, it's, it's the culture, you know. I, I, it's, it's definitely a different possible culture to America. It's a lot more relaxed. It's almost like a different approach to it, but they're still very about all. It's all about basketball and winning games and, and stuff like that. And um, But, yeah, as far as the, the, the country, I mean, it's nice. I mean, it's nice, good. Um, Catherine's was a little different. It was a smaller city, you know. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot to do there. Um, but uh, that's also sometimes quite good, you know, because you can just – there's less distractions and you can really focus and get locked in. Um but yeah, I mean, I've only been in Palma for a week now and we were traveling for three of those days to a game. So uh, I've seen a little bit of Palma and the beach and it's really nice here. And, um, it's definitely a nice place to be playing basketball. So. Is it is it close to Mallorca where you are? Uh, I'm, no, I'm in Mallorca. Oh, you are in? It is in Mallorca. So Pal- yeah, yeah, yeah. Palma is the, I think it's like the capital city of Mallorca. Okay. Yeah. And so... You've got like a. Do they put you up in a an apartment or like? Yeah, a, yeah. I mean, uh, they put me up in an apartment and um, like pretty. I'm like five minutes away from. Well, I'm like two minutes from the beach, five minutes away from like downtown, and uh, yeah, about ten, not even ten minutes from the arena. So nice. Living the good yeah, life. it's pretty good. Yeah, it's a nice little setup here. Yeah, it's going all right so far. And your your early impressions of the group and and of, of the team that you got this year and how you're feeling about sort of uh, the coming season? Yeah, I mean um, we had a tough game against uh, Malia um, on when did we play them? On Friday, um, they were obviously they won Lev Gold uh, last year, and they're always a tough team, especially at their place. But I think our team's pretty good. Yeah, I'm still obviously getting to know the guys and to learn how they play and stuff. Um, we got uh, um, a big man from Portugal 
um, who I played against uh, this summer actually when we in our preparation games. Um, and then the rest are Spanish and one one guard who's played ACB for quite a number of years. So it's always good to have a guy like that on your team because you can obviously learn a lot from him. Um, but yeah, I'm still getting to know the team, but they're, they're a great group of guys so far. Um, and yeah, it was just the time will show and, and I'll get to know these guys better. What are your personal goals for this season? Um, well, I want to... My personal goals, I just, I want to play well, obviously. Um, I want to, you know, help this team as much as I can, but just be, just to be more consistent, really. Because um, like we were talking about earlier, I know, I know I can go off whenever, you know, like it, it's going to happen. It's just about being consistent. You know, I feel like I can, like I said, I can score at any, I really believe I can score at any level. Um, but it's just about being consistent at it. Because um, sometimes I'm, I can get up and down, you know. Um, I can go for 25, 30, and then I can go for two or four points a, a game, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to work on trying to be consistent, uh, stay in the gym, and, and, and try and coaches have been putting me in a lot of pick-and-roll situations. So um, I'm not playing point guard, but... Uh, being in so many pick and roll situations, it feels like I'm playing point guard. So um, just working on that, playing playing well out of a pick and roll situation, and, and trying to get some assists this year as well. Nice. All right, I think that's a, we're coming up to about an hour and fifteen. So I think this is a it's a good place to leave it, and the signal is starting to get a little bit dodgy as well. So um, yeah, I'd just like to say you know thanks so much for taking the time out of your day. It's much appreciated. It's been a really good conversation. Um, and hopefully we'll uh, get you on for a part two at some point in the future. Yeah, thanks for having me. You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more.